Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. We are here recording a Lost in the Woods episode. We have been off for a couple weeks because I was on vacation. Not my so fault So sorry this time. about that. For once, it's not Maddie's fault, which is great. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because I had an amazing time in Mexico. So, and I'm actually like, for me, kind of tan, <laughs> which is not saying much. We are starting our recording right now. We are actually 17 minutes into recording because we got a little distracted this morning. Yeah, that'll all be at the end. (laughs) I think we talked about workout equipment. We talked about... Everything my mom hates about the gym. Putting carpets on the wall. Um, Oh, yeah. My cat's being an asshole. If you go to the gym and take a lot of pictures of yourself in front of the mirror, don't listen to the end of this episode. I might offend you. I apologize. Okay, guys, we have our merch contest going on right now on our Patreon. Go and check it out. We are giving away one merch item every week of this month. Every week of this month. So we are doing a drawing on our Patreon on our Patreon for a free merch item. If you want to be involved in that, go ahead and join our Patreon. You'll also get a sticker. Yes, exactly. All right, and tons of extra content and There's episodes. There's so and much yeah. content on there to keep you busy for a while. Yeah, so go and check it out. All right, you guys, let's get into this episode. Today, we are going to be talking about Robert Garrow. And if you haven't heard of Robert Garrow, you're probably not alone. This guy's rap sheet, though, is crazy. In the summer of 1993, a manhunt for Robert Garrow in the Adirondacks would last for 12 days. That's a long time to be hiding out in the woods. So today we are going to tell the story of Robert Garrow and the destruction that he would inflict on the world. So Robert Garrow was born March 4th, 1936 in upstate New York to French-Canadian parents Robert and Marie Garrow. Mm-hmm. He was second born of six siblings, three boys, three girls, but his brother Homer died as an infant. Yeah, and his eldest brother was actually given up for adoption. So Gerald was painfully shy, and children would often tease him at school, and they called him Cowbarn? Yeah, because his family lived on a farm, so he did a lot of farm work, so kids would tease him and say that he smelled like a cow, that he smelled Mm. like a farm, things like that. Kids are mean. That's rude. So his father was an unsuccessful farmer, but he took up iron ore mining. And Garrow would describe his parents as being severe disciplinarians who were regularly abusive. His father was also a very heavy drinker, and his mother was known to have a very quick temper and be even hostile. It actually sounds like his mother was the worst of the two and would beat the children when brought to temper, which was easy to do. All right, so we're starting starting one mark off right there, the hate for women. Yep. According to Robert's siblings, this included beating them with rocks, belts, and even a crowbar one time. Jesus Christ. A crowbar? It was said that Robert had been beaten unconscious multiple times. And we don't know how reliable these accounts are but it does seem like people who knew the family siblings all kind of uh cooperated this scene yeah like that they're um... this environment Mm -hmm. now in addition to working on his own farm he also earned money by working on neighboring farms and it was reported that his mother would take the money from him Mm. but reportedly he did live with another family on another farm for a time and from all accounts he seemed to do really well while living with this family and his siblings actually were very jealous because he would be provided with better clothes than them and things like that and he would end up back at home when the father uh, at this other farm I believe died of a heart attack or something happened so he dies Robert ends up back at home According to Robert and his family, he was a bedwetter for quite some time, and this did follow him into adulthood 
for a time. Now, Garrow didn't have a lot of friends, and he spent most of his time with the animals on the farm. And I I was going to say some might find this disturbing, but I'm going to guess that everybody's going to find this disturbing. Stop eating. Garrow would admit to several acts of bestiality with farm animals, and he said that this started at about the age of 10, and that he had sex with pretty much all the animals on the farm. No. Just let that sink in for a second. Stop. Next topic. Um, the police were called many times to the farm to break up fights between Garrow and his father. And at 15, he would be sent to reform school after punching his father in the face. I assume probably well-deserved for his father. I was going to say... His father's uh, an alcoholic. Yeah, I was going to say no matter what, the punch in the face at was some probably point, worth it. Um, Yeah, at some point he was beat with a crowbar. Yeah. After being released from reform school, he joined the Air Force. Shocking. And even more shocking, he was court-martialed a year later for stealing from an officer. Oh, perfect. Okay, so he would spend six months in a military prison before escaping. But this escape only lasted a couple days before he was recaptured. And then he would be transferred to another stockade. Yeah, it's like a military prison. Gotcha. Okay, and then he would be transferred to another stockade in Georgia where he would spend another year. Now, his first run-in with the law outside of the military would be in 1956 when he would get fired from Hot Shoppers and would then break in and trash the place. Okay. So we, got, we have a little bit of a temper here, I think. After getting out of jail, he would take off and not tell his probation officer where he went. Good, good. That's exactly what you do when you get out of jail. On June 23 of 1957, he would marry Judith, and this would be his first sexual relationship with a woman, and he is 21 years old at the time. Their daughter, Michelle, was born in 1958, and Robert Jr. was born in 1959. So married, kid, kid, immediately. He would be fired from multiple jobs, including one from a fast food establishment that he decided to burglarize. While he was working there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he was on duty when he decided to steal from them, but yeah. There were also reports that he was in an abusive relationship with a man who would later describe him as a sadist. And I couldn't find anything to really back that report up, but I did read that in multiple places. Okay. So, true or not, we don't know. Yeah. So, in 1960, he was arrested and charged with second-degree grand larceny. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's theft, basically, but it means that he stole enough that it was over a certain amount, which made the charge Gotcha. Higher. Like, create, like, good. Okay, so he stole his camera. He stole a stapling machine. Yeah. And other accessories from a department and health building, and his charges would be reduced and he would be released. Yep. And that's also a theme that we kind of see throughout this. In 1961, things would escalate. And he would plead guilty to the assault of John Luft and the first-degree rape of his girlfriend. Garrow had finished having dinner with his wife and their two children, who were one and three at the time, before going for a walk where he saw a couple and went back home to get his pellet gun. He attacked the couple while they were walking their dog, and he forced them into the woods. Once there, he hit John in the back of the head and then cut his shirt into strips, in order to bind him. He then tied up his girlfriend using her shoelaces and raped her. And she actually said that she passed out during this assault. Which, fuck. Afterward, he let them go, but he said that if they told anyone, he would get them. So, of course, they immediately called the police after he left. He was arrested, and after a police chase, he was caught and sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison. I cannot believe he gets out after that. Why are people being released after that? How can you be released back yeah. into society after you... Well, like, I, yeah, it just, I know. But it would turn out that Robert Garrow was very good at faking reform. Oh, also... Why are we believing him? Oh, and also, he claimed that his confession for this incident was coerced, and he said that he had been thrown down a flight of stairs and hit with a typewriter until he confessed. 
I'm sorry, someone's weapon of choice was a typewriter? Well, they're in a police station, so there's probably a typewriter in the room. It's probably the only thing he could think of. Or it really did happen. I don't know. Either way, he was identified by this couple as well. So in 1968, after only seven years, he is paroled for being a model inmate who authorities believed had been successfully rehabilitated. Just because someone conforms to the... uh the like routine of prison yeah well, does not make them reformed well and he is going to very quickly commit some more crimes Jesus <laughs> i know right ah so on saturday november 11th 1972 lenny garner and karen lutz went out celebrating for karen's birthday she was turning 20 and around 11.30 p.m., they were out of money and they decided to hitchhike back to campus. Don't hitchhike. Ever. Mm, yeah, definitely don't hitchhike, God. Okay, so Lenny actually turned down the first car that pulled over because he got a bad feeling. But when the second car, an orange car, driven by a friendly middle-aged man stopped, he told Karen, this cat's cool. And the pair got in. Yep. By the way, guess who drives an orange car? You'll never guess. <laughs> it's Robert Garrow. He was very friendly. People really believed him. You know, he kind of reminds me when when I was researching this, he kind of reminds me of like a Ted Bundy. Type? Also, also his car's a Volkswagen. Ugh. So he kind of reminded me of Ted Bundy where he was able to fool people. He got people to trust him, you know? It's just... God, some people are just so good at manipulation. So, yeah, the pair got in. But when he went to drop them off, instead of letting them out, he pulled out a gun. This is one cool cat. Yeah. So he made Karen tie up Lenny's hands with a rope that he already had in the car. I wonder if he was planning to do this. Crazy. He was probably planning on, like, kidnapping someone and then saw this couple hitchhiking and was like, wow. Yeah, uh, it's in my stars. Well, a lot of his crimes do actually turn out to be kind of crimes of opportunity. Like he, he seems like an opportunist, but he also seems to be out hunting as well. So yeah. I, I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, obviously the couple that he saw was a crime of opportunity for sure. But he had already been out hunting, I would guess. Yeah, he was looking for somebody vulnerable to pick up. Mm-hmm. So then he started driving them to a remote location, and they felt like they had to act. So they both managed to get the ropes loose, and Lenny reached down to unbuckle his seatbelt in the preparation for attempting to escape. As soon as he did, the fastened seatbelt... Oh, my God. As soon as he did, the fastened seatbelt sign started to bang. Yeah, which made all three people in the car jump. But Karen immediately jumps into action, and she actually hits Garrow from behind in the back seat. Good shit. And then Lenny attacks. He started yelling. Garrow started yelling, but he would let them go. <laughs> they jumped out of the car, but they did memorize the license plate in order to give it to police. And police go to the house. They find Robert Garrow, and both victims are able to positively identify him. But guess what? In the end, Garrow is not prosecuted. Yeah, so this is what happened. So... Karen says now, or later on, Karen would say that Garrow's lawyer paid her a visit and told her that they had found pot in Garrow's car, which is true. They did. And they were going to send her to prison for the rest of her life and for the possession of this pot. Right? This is what she says the lawyer told her. And she was just a scared 20-year-old, and she ended up dropping the charges, although she does say that this would be the one big regret in her life. Yeah, I mean, he goes on to kill. She also felt like she couldn't go to her parents about what happened because Lenny was black and she knew that they wouldn't approve. So she's also keeping this a secret, which would just be terrifying at this age. Mm -hmm. Now, Lenny is preparing to travel abroad and he's who the pot actually belongs to. <laughs> And he actually elects to drop the charges. Garrow's lawyer claims that these college students had tried to set Garrow up with the pot because he wouldn't give them money or something. 
and that the pot belonged to them, that they made up the story because he wouldn't give them money. Like he, he had this whole elaborate plan. And the judge actually says, when I see a parole record like this of a man who's truly turned his life around, I have to say that by finding him not guilty, that I am actually writing a miscarriage of justice against Mr. Garrow. And Garrow even calls the Syracuse newspaper and asks them to write a story about his exoneration, but they decline. But this is how delusional this man is, right? Like he's actually wanting the newspaper to do a story about his exoneration, even though he knows he's guilty. But basically he wants a story written about him getting away with something, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. (sighs) Now, the next crime that we're going to talk about does include children. So in the summer of 1973, Garrow kidnapped two young girls from an ice cream shop in Syracuse. They were 9 and 13. Mm-hmm. He would follow them down the street and announce himself as a police officer. The worst. You are the worst. He told them that they would have to come with him to find a lost dog. But really, he would drive them to a field and sexually assault them using a fake plastic gun. Yeah, and he was arrested on June 2nd, and his bail was set at $2,500. Which is very low. For sexually assaulting two young girls? Well, hold on. So... He was due to be in court to answer these charges on July 12th, right? And you might be saying, why in the fuck is this guy out on bail? It's because the judge set a low bail because he knew that the parole was planning on arresting him right after he made bail because he's out on parole right now. Yeah. So he knew that they were planning on arresting him for parole violation as soon as he left the courtroom. So he was arrested. But he was released at his hearing because they think he's reformed. What? He just raped two girls. What? He just sexually assaulted two girls. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with his parole hearing. His parole hearing is about a parole violation and it's unrelated. And he's been accused of this. He has not been convicted of this yet at this point. But if the judge hadn't set such a low bail, he might not have been out. Now, on July 11, Garrow has a meeting with his parole officer, and they actually tell him that they are going to confiscate his driver's license. And part of this is because they had gotten a report of a man in a reddish-colored Volkswagen hanging around Corcoran High School that morning trying to pick up girls. Side note, this is also the day that Alicia Hawk will go missing, and we're going to talk about her in a minute. But Garrow would leave the meeting with his parole officer visibly angry. He would go to Sears where he would open a credit card account and buy a ton of camping supplies, including a 30-30 hunting rifle and ammo. He would lie on the form when asked if he had been convicted of a felony because he's not allowed to have a gun or ammo because he's a convicted felon. He would then go home and sit at the kitchen table, load the gun, and wait for his PO officer to come and retrieve his driver's license. But the PO officer actually gets delayed, and Garrow just ends up fleeing. It is believed that his original intention was to shoot the parole officer when he arrived, because he was very angry about losing his driver's license. Obviously, that's how he hunts. Yeah. Okay, so on July 11, the same day that girls had reported that there was a man matching Garrow's description attempting to pick them up near the high school, and the same day as Garrow's parole hearing, 16-year-old Alicia Hawk would go missing, and she would go missing in the morning. Her dad dropped her off at summer school, but she never made it inside. Her parents actually published a letter in the paper saying, Dear Alicia, wherever you are, please call or send us a card to let us know that you are all right. Our home is not the same without you. Your sisters have searched the south side in hopes to find you. Alicia, don't be afraid to come home. If there is some problem, let's work it out together. That's what we are here for. 
Your father and I miss you and love you very much. We've prayed for your safe return. With all our love, mom and dad. Now to me, this letter sounds like they think it's possible that maybe she ran away. Yeah, it sounds like that, but maybe they just like don't know. Oh, 100%. Now we know now that Garrow actually had kidnapped Alicia Hawk. We know this for sure. He raped her. And when she tried to run, he would chase her, catch her, and stab her to death. And he actually hides her body in the Oakwood Cemetery. And this happens on a Wednesday, which will be important later on when we're discussing Garrow's work schedule. Now, he fails to show up for his court date on the 12th. And his lawyer got him a two-week adjournment, and he would be due back in court on the 26th. Because he's in the wind right now. Mm -hmm. He's taken off. He's in the wind. Well, he's in the woods, I should say. Now on July 14th. And this is while Garrow is on the run. Okay. 23-year-old Daniel Porter and his girlfriend, 22-year-old Susan Petz, went missing while on a one-night camping trip in the Adirondack Mountains. Yep. So Susan was one semester away from getting a degree in journalism from Boston University. She was hardworking, enthusiastic, and well-liked. And Daniel had just graduated from Harvard University after getting a full ride there. And after school, he would establish Cambridge Survey Research Incorporated, which was a political polling company. Yep. And the day that they were due back, Daniel's business partner, Cadell, I don't know if that's how you say it, was was so concerned at not hearing from the couple that at 4 p.m. he actually called the Forest Service but was unable to convince the trooper that there was cause for concern. And he advised their friend to give them more time. Fucking A. So two days later on July 18th, a man traveling down a remote dirt road. Waddle. Yep, this road's waddle. um, Saw the same late model BMW that he had seen three days before. On his drive back that evening, it was still there. Around midnight, he phoned the police... When a trooper arrived, the light blue 1972 BMW was locked and abandoned and nothing seemed amiss. Right. And this is an area where a lot of people camp and go river rafting and things like that. So I think the police are just like, yeah, somebody's like fucking camping. No big deal. Now, the registration comes back to Cambridge Survey Research and... They leave a note for day shift to check the car out once it is light out. They actually have the car towed the following day and would inventory the contents inside, which would be a tent, sleeping bags, and other various camping supplies. So the tent and the sleeping bags are in the car still. And police still don't think that there's any reason to be alarmed. Well, because think about it. They think that these people could be... There's actually a river rafting group, and we talk about this a little bit later, that comes into the area and they go on like a multi-day, like a week-long river rafting trip. So police are thinking maybe this car belongs to some of those students and when they come back, they're planning on camping. So it's not crazy, but... With the report of the person calling concerned. Right. So they contact Cadell, the business partner, and he assures them that the couple are not rafting and that they should have been home the previous week. He calls Daniel and Susan's parents, and Susan's parents immediately get on a plane from Chicago and come to file a missing person's report. Because these people probably aren't Woods people. Like, they're probably, they're, like, not... Well, they, I don't even think they knew that the kids were camping that weekend. But yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is that these people are, like, concerned. They're like, no, they would not be out there for this long. Like, right, and not contact or tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, a trooper actually escorts Cadell and two of his friends to where they had found the car and then leaves. So they follow this cop to where they found the car and then the cop leaves because they want to see where the car was found, the friends do, and the business partner. They look around and they find that the area is very isolated and this is concerning to them. One man in the group would actually describe the area as a godforsaken place. So they would start looking around and at 1140, King, one of the men, 
would see something white in the woods across the street from where the car had been found. It was a white Adidas sneaker, and it was attached to Daniel Porter. Yeah, he was actually slumped over behind a tree, and his shirt was covered in blood. But there was no sign of Susan. And King, this guy, he actually ties a bandana to the tree, and then he picks Daniel up and brings him back to the road while yelling for the other men. One of them jump into a car, and they speed to a payphone where they call 911. Police are immediately suspicious of the men as being involved in this murder because Daniel is dead. One reason is that Cadell had called police so soon, like before the couple was even like really missing, but he knew that they were expected back. Mm -hmm. Two, because as his business partner, he had a $150,000 life insurance policy on Daniel. Okay. Get that. I get that. But like also like, the thing is, is that there are certain people that wouldn't be late for things and wouldn't right. miss things. Like, if you didn't show up somewhere where you said you were going to show up, I would immediately report you missing. Right. There would because be something wrong. Because I'd be like, wrong. something yeah. is wrong. So, like, maybe, maybe these people, like, maybe Cadell. Is that what we, Cadell? Is that what we That's the friend, yeah. Maybe he knew that they would have showed up, that his Well, and that's exactly there. the case. Yeah. yeah. Three... They felt that the police had done a meticulous search of the area around the car, and they hadn't found anything. But Cadell and his friends had found Daniel so quickly. And then four, they moved the body. And this made police suspicious. And I did read somewhere that King was like an old, older gentleman who's like a war vet and stuff. And this, the idea of contaminating a crime scene might not have immediately mm-hmm. dawned on him. He could have thought Actually, Daniel needed help. I feel like a lot of people move bodies. Yeah. When they're found. I think shock makes a lot of people Yeah, and like too. your friends out there in the middle of the woods and all you want to do is get them out like they're dead. Like Now, Cadell actually sticks to his story and he begs police to start searching for Susan. He's like, look, Susan's not here. Something is wrong. You need to find her. My friend is literally dead. Susan's parents and Daniel's parents are actually meeting for the first time while filling out paperwork for their missing children. And while they are doing this, they get the call about Daniel's body being found. I literally cannot imagine. So police believe that he died on the 14th, the day that they headed out for their camping trip. Which to me tracks because they haven't set up their tent yet. Their stuff is still in the car. And his cause's death was shock and hemorrhage caused by four stab wounds in his chest. Mm. So after this, a large search began involving state troopers, deputy sheriffs, and state forest rangers. Who all find nothing. Um, A local man was questioned, and when police approached him, he threw a knife under the porch. Yeah. Police arrested him, and he confessed to killing Daniel and throwing Susan into a bog. After a thorough search of the bog, authorities concluded that she was not in there and would determine that this was a false confession. Yeah. I assume because his story didn't add up in any way, shape, or form. Right, exactly. Probably with Daniel's injuries as well, they probably didn't add up. Mm -hmm. So a psychic reported that Susan was in an area where there was strip mining, Oh, she also cut out a piece of a map to show the area. She also said that her abductee had long hair. Which was false, but... Now, what we actually know happened to Daniel and Susan is they had been heading out to go camping when they encountered Garrow, who got into a fight with Daniel where he stabbed him four times and then kidnapped Susan. He would hold Susan for four days and sexually assault her multiple times. And on the fourth day, she would try to escape and he would catch her and stab her to death. And then he would then throw her down a mine shaft. Jesus Christ. Now, Garrow returns home on the 17th. And his parole officer does come to confiscate his ID. And parole did not seem concerned with his little running act because he had been a model parolee. And he is due back in court on the 26th, so he still has time to make his court date. But he does not show up for this court date, and Judge Ormond Gale issued a warrant for his arrest, charging him with sexual abuse 
attempted rape, and unlawful imprisonment. And on July 27 and 28, he would attempt to kidnap two separate women and fail. Then on July 29, 1973, four campers, Philip Domoweski, Karen Manowski, Nicholas Ferrero, and David Freeman. And the, these people are all in like their early 20s. Right, right. And they were camping in a secluded area about 50 miles from where Daniel Porter's body was found. Mm-hmm. So Nick and Philip had left the campsite to go fishing, leaving David and Carol to sleep in their tent. At 9 a.m., they heard rustling outside their tent and laughed audibly, thinking it was an animal. So imagine their surprise when their tent flap was unzipped and a stranger squatting in front of their door stared back at them. Yep. And I'm sorry, no, I'm kicking that man right square in the face. Well, he does have a gun. He was wearing dark lensed glasses and a fedora, not a Red fedora. flag. I don't like that. Not a fedora. Men, go throw your fedoras away, please. <laughs> he had a rifle across his legs and he said, hey, don't panic. I ran out of gas. Hurry up before your friends get back. So, obviously, he'd been watching the campsite. He saw the other two men leave. And then that's when I'm he literally not okay. approached. I literally do not feel safe anywhere I go. I'm so paranoid. Nothing is okay. Somebody's going to kill me. I know. I'm going to get... Um, no. The couple dresses quickly. He had parked a distance from the campsite earlier that morning, and he had watched the group while drinking coffee and eating donuts. And we know that he had waited for the other two to leave before approaching the tent. As they were stumbling inside their tent trying to find their shoes, the man looked down the road and signaled for someone to come over. Now, this ended up being Nick and Phil. But initially, the couple was like, oh, my God, he has accomplices. Yeah. But he doesn't. He just sees Nick and Phil, and he actually, like, motions for them to come over, like nothing's wrong. They had been walking down the road looking for another fishing spot because they hadn't found fishing where they had initially gone near the campsite. And when they see Garrow outside of the tent, they assume that he was a conservation officer. So they think he's just like a ranger or something because they're in like this campsite and he's got a gun. He told Dave and Carol to come out of the tent. And then as Phil and Nick come over, he took on a much harsher demeanor. He told them, I'm taking gas. I don't want anyone to find out about this. So I'm going to tie you to trees and then tells them to start walking into the woods. Nope, 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 and nope. No, don't tell me they do There's it. There's four of them. Don't tell me they, they do, do it. What the fuck? I'm sorry. Fight for yourself. Do not let someone tie you to a fucking tree. Well, and there's four. There's He's four of them. I'm sorry. One of you gets okay, shot. I'm but willing to get... There's four of us. Let's take the man okay, down. Okay, Madison, Somebody can get the gun from Madison, him. Madison, calm down. There's three men there. Okay, but you know how people your age are. People how are many so people, stupid. How many people your age are going to comply with the hopes that nothing will happen to them. Most people are not willing to charge somebody with a gun. Nobody is going to tie you up and just tie you up, just to leave you there. You're going to let someone tie you to a tree. Calm down. Now... Now I have to listen to their death. Okay, Madison needs to calm the fuck down right now. Do you need, like, a cookie or something? I'm not okay. Do you need a snack? No. So we are so sorry to do this to you guys, but this is going to be a two-parter. And Trust this... me, you don't want to listen to this all in one <laughs> part. And this is going to be the end of part one. So thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week with part two of Robert Garrow. And shit gets crazy in part two. I know shit's already been crazy, but it's going to get crazier. But before we leave you guys, we would love to share our new Patreons. Melissa Lund. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to Patreon. Oliver Mean. We think. Hi, Oliver. Welcome to Patreon. Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, that's their name on there, Stranger Than Fiction. Welcome to Patreon. Brittany. No. Yeah, Brit- Brittany. It's just spelled Brittany. Brittany Howell. Yeah. So... Thank you guys for joining Patreon. We really appreciate your support and we are so excited to have you. Yeah. All right. 
Tune in next week for the part two. Tune in next week for part two. We're excited to see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Go watch some Criminal Minds. Yeah, go watch some Criminal Minds. Specifically the Yates episode. (laughs) Thanks, guys, and we will talk to you soon. Also, uh, if you go to my gym, to offended, don't listen to the end of the episode. Also, if you go to my gym at all, maybe don't listen to the end of this episode because I know that some of you all go to my gym because I've literally gotten a message while at the gym into our Lost in the Woods like Instagram being like, are, do you ha- are you at the gym? Do you happen to go to this gym? Literally. Is that what yes. it was? And I was like, um... Maybe <laughs> they were like, I totally just saw you at the gym, and I was like, I was like, well, shit, come say hi next time. I got recognized <laughs> at Starbucks when I worked at Starbucks. Yeah. Someone was like, I recognize your voice, and I was like, we we do we do live in a small town, and we actually have a lot of listeners in our town. Yeah, it's actually yeah very strange. I don't know how that happened, pop- but yeah, we have a lot of listeners like right in our area locally. I can wake up at like eight or nine. That's like my usual wake up time anyway. Yeah. I just, but I just hate recording in the morning because I usually am at the gym until 10. So if I record in the morning, I can't go to the gym. Oh, man. Shut up. It's a big deal. Go to the gym in the afternoon. I, no. 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 Do you know who's at the gym in the afternoon? A bunch of fucktards no, that like I can't handle early, working out with. Early, early afternoon, like mid morning, like after I go to work. No, it, that's just as bad. Like 11 to 12. That, no, that's bad. No, no, can't do it. Who's at the gym? Who don't know what they're doing, who are taking Instagram selfies in the mirror and like mm-hmm. fucking doing shit like that. And I can't fucking handle it. And they're like using five different machines at one time. I'm like, which fucking machine are you using right now? Because you're just walking around using them all and not wiping any of them down. So I'm assuming you're not done with them. I can't. No. Um, my mom has complaints to the gym. So if you go to said gym. Complaint number one, people standing in front of the mirror taking pictures of themselves. There's a very large mirror in this gym. It Like the whole gym has mirrors all around it. But how do. about this? How about you find a spot along the wall in the gym to take your pictures? Because I don't fucking care if you're taking pictures. But don't take them in front of like the machines and equipment that people are trying to use. I accidentally went into somebody else's like gym video yesterday because I was like walking over to get weights and they're like they have like the the box set up and they have like all this shit set up everywhere and I'm just like what the fuck are they even doing because they're like not really working out like they get up and they do like 10 seconds of something and then they would like stop and do nothing for like 10 minutes and I'm like what the fuck are they doing so I walk over to get weights because the weights are all behind them because apparently that's a good backdrop to have all the weights behind you I'm assuming I don't really know and I turn around with my weights in my hands and they have a phone set up on a tripod and it was like off to the corner where I couldn't Ooh, see they it. they had a whole tripod? They had a the tripod gym? and I fucking got wow. in their video. And I was like, oh great. Like I really hope that they don't post that video on whatever social media they're... No, they're actually going to post it and then they're going to call you like a hater because of a face you made in the background <laughs> or something. And then like, that's like the whole point of the video. Well, if the camera was facing me at all, there the whole time I was like stretching next to them then they're going to be seeing like faces that I was making the whole time because when people are jumping around like a fucking idiot jumping up on boxes and like doing like weird shit I'm just like you know you don't have to impact your joints and your body like that in order to get a good workout like you I understand that you are 20 years old and you don't realize yet that you are doing damage to your fucking knees by jumping flat-footed onto this box And then doing, like, all of these jumping jacks and, like, it's not even jumping jacks. It's, like, they jump up on one foot and then they were, like, doing this thing with their legs and, like, I don't don't even know. It was so, I can't. I can't. I can't. That's why I don't go to the gym on the weekends normally because those are the kind of people at the gym on the weekends. And it's why I don't go in the afternoons because apparently Instagrammers or bloggers or whatever the fuck they're called who do workouts at the gym – yeah, whatever. 
You can call them whatever you I want. I hate that word because they're not fucking influencing me. But they're at the gym in the afternoon. Your anger, your hate. <laughs> they're at the gym in the afternoon and the evening or early evening. Okay. So, like, anytime after, like, 10 o'clock is, like, danger zone at the gym. It gets crowded with a lot of stupid people. <laughs> also, I don't want to see you walking around... There's, there's just one girl that's been at the gym lately. She gets there about the time that I leave. And I've never seen her, like, actually work out when she's been, like, when I've been there at the same time as her. She has, like, a one-piece, okay. like, workout, yeah. like, thing. Okay. It's, like, a skin-tight one-piece, like, jumper. That's, like, her workout okay. outfit. And her boyfriend does seem to be working out a little bit. Like, he's, like, actually lifting weights. And she just kind of, like, walks, wanders around. She'll, like, wander around, and she'll, like, pick, a, pick up a dumbbell and, like, do something. Like, flex in front of the mirror. And then she'll, like, take some pictures. And then she'll walk around some more. Like. A lot of people have started doing more of a workout thing, which I, this is what I've noticed is popular right now. Instead of just, like, every time you go to the gym, you work out. A lot of people just are going to the gym to create the habit. They'll go and they'll walk so that they, and then they'll work out when they feel like working out to just create that positive I'm just amazed that so many people only work out when they feel like working out. Like, I don't feel like fucking working out every day, but I still do it. And I'm not going to waste yeah. my time going to the gym if I'm not going to work out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. I love the gym. It's fine. I actually, if I could work out like I work out at the gym at home, I would 100% work out at home. Don't make the gym, the home gym bigger, please. <laughs> It takes the ellipt that stupid fucking elliptical takes up way too much space down there. Hey, I spent forty minutes on that thing today. <laughs> it takes up so much space. So it does take up a lot of space. The elliptical entered our household during COVID when the gym shut down. Which by the way was over two years ago. And the gym's been back open for quite some time now. But And yet we still have a gym elliptical <laughs> in our goddamn downstairs living room thanks mike for dropping off the elliptical at my house and not picking it back up yet because i still use it on the weekends <laughs> so you probably heard this at some point in our our previous podcast because madison bitches about the elliptical a lot but well i love waking up in the morning hearing only on the weekends it's not my fault the elliptical is loud. And the cats have to be locked out of the rec room. So some cat is They screaming. jump in front of it. They're Dude, so Goose stupid. Dude, fucking attack the elliptical? He hates the He's elliptical. He's been bonked in the head multiple times yeah. trying to, oh, like, get it. I was, like, messing it. around on it when oh you guys God. were, like, gone when Lulu was in the room. And I was just, like, doing it just to, like, fuck with cadence. So you were, like, mocking me is what you were doing. <laughs> kind of. Thank you for, that like, narking yourself out. Okay. That wasn't my intention. You were probably like, look, Cadence, I'm mom. <laughs> I was more of just trying to bother Cadence, less of trying to make fun of you. Because it would bother her because it would be like me, because she hates everything that I do. I'm telling you, you guys, your guys' hell, your guys' worst hell is talking to each other for eternity. It will be an eternity together. That'll be both yes, of Yes, that will be both of your guys' hells. <laughs> What I, I remember debate politics or something. It started one time. Topics. It started one time when Cadence was like arguing with me about something, and I was like, "I'm literally in fucking hell." And Cadence was like, "This is going to be your hell." And I was like, "Oh my god, she's right." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, good thing mine will be, or yours will be, me nagging at you in hell." And she's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> okay, cool. Opinionated sixteen-year-old. We love each other. Mother. We love each other. A Taurus mother it's and a Sagittarius great. daughter. It's great. Gen Z, 16-year-old. Anyway, sometimes I have to work out at home. Sometimes I don't have the option to go to the gym. Okay, and but it's when nice I was making fun of you, when I was trying to oh, bug yeah, yeah. Cadence, when I was yeah. trying to bug Cadence, okay. Goose jumped in front of the elliptical yeah. trying to attack my foot on the elliptical. Yeah, he's an idiot. He can't be in there when I'm working out. He's no. really dumb. And when I'm doing, like, my abs and stretching in the other room, mm -hmm. like, where the rest of my workout equipment is, because I have a workout closet in the office and then the elliptical is in the rec room so they're like they're next to each other but they're still in like two separate rooms one of the children's rooms will probably become a workout room once a child leaves the house but for now they're in the rec room in the, the office and well you're gonna have to fight someone for the 
big bedroom because someone's gonna steal that but that would be the perfect uh, workout room oh for the work yeah i don't I, a small room is fine i would probably turn courtney's room into a, a workout room i would say turn cadence's room into a workout room i don't want it to be downstairs why you want the elliptical on that hardwood floor upstairs? the elliptical's not mine <laughs> i'm not oh, gonna yeah, keep I that <laughs> i was just thinking equipment on the nice floors upstairs no i would get like a mat for it because you know like, like the mat that's by the back door like the big one upstairs yeah i would get a mat like that oh. and it would sit too on, bad like, i'm taking mat. the cats because they love those mats yeah the mats are, have i'm gonna have to get new ones you can oh, take the well, mats i was with gonna you. say i'm gonna have to take those mats they've with like me. literally destroyed them but my point was when i lay out my mat to like stretch and do mm -hmm. my abs my ab workout every day they like to claw at it it's like their favorite thing in the whole fucking world Oh, so I like bet. I have to lock them out of they, that room. They're the weirdest cats because they both, especially Goose Maverick, only does it every once in a while. He claws at my rug, but somehow he doesn't destroy the rug. Like he's not ripping up the rug ever. Well, he rips up my exercise mat, and I don't just oh, have I, I don't just have a normal like yoga skinny no, yoga my mom mat. Has, like a expensive nice. Ass it's like mat. it's like a big one that like, you can you like can, roll like, out. Lay on it, and you can't feel the ground underneath you. And you can like roll over a couple times, and you still have space because yeah. I don't like to be on the ground when I'm working when out. When I was working out from home, big. that was my favorite thing to work out on. That mat, yeah, it's nice, huh? And my other mat, the my actual yoga mat that's in the closet upstairs, I just have workout shit everywhere, apparently, <laughs> now that we're talking about it. The cats have ripped it to shreds. You're like one that has like the, the black and white one that rolls up that yeah. I use for yoga. Oh, yeah. yeah, they it is like shredded. So I took it to yoga like a couple weeks ago. Oh, I no. did like a hot yoga. It's the like cats a are assholes. It's like a sculpt yoga. So it's a hot yoga, but you're also doing weights and stuff. I can't just sit and do yoga. It makes me want to kill myself. But I took it there, like I just grabbed it out of the closet and I took it there and I unrolled it and there was just like shredded strands of like the material from like it just being like shredded on the edges. So it looked like, I don't even, I don't even know. It looked like Freddy Krueger like clawed at it. I'm like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm probably, I want to make him like a carpet wall. I saw someone on TikTok do it. That's they a hang good idea. Carpet up on this on the wall. That is actually a good idea. I feel like they would enjoy that. Yeah. I feel like they also would enjoy that. But that's probably going to be a out of this house arrangement because yeah, I don't know I don't where want, I, I don't put want a carpet on the wall. Well, here. and then I'd have to take all the stuff off of one of my walls to make it a carpet wall. And yeah. That sounds like no. a pain in my ass. Yeah, that's not fun. Okay. Anyway, we should probably actually get to like recording oh, our podcast also, here. That box, all the things that Phoenix didn't know that she could keep, which I think is adorable that she didn't know she could keep them. Yeah. I have had this box that is like a twin to one of the little boxes I've had for forever. I found the exact same box, but like three sizes bigger at the thrift store, which is oh. super random. So I've started like putting all my trinkets from when I was a kid, like things that I mm -hmm. don't find interesting anymore because I'm Shocking. a hoarder. Maddie's a hoarder, if you didn't know. Um... So I started putting them all in a box like years ago, starting it for Phoenix, like just starting this box. So then that I, that was like the perfect opportunity to start sneaking this stuff. Oh, the okay. like the little compass and the little like surfboard. I know. So Phoenix comes out of her room and she has like a handful of like stuff, like random stuff. And I'm like, did that come from Maddie? And she's like, maybe. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. She's just going to have little boxes. I literally just organized her room too, like all of her shelving. We got rid of a bunch of stuff. Like I just like organized it, and now she's gonna have. I like, know. A well, bunch it's just shit. gonna be the things that she deems important. Taste. Yeah, but you make her think that everything is important. Well, I don't do that on purpose. I just give her things. And like I literally them, tried to I get rid of it. something when we were cleaning out her room, and it was something that was broken. I can't remember what it was, and she was like, "No, Maddie gave that to me," and I was like. Yeah, but Maddie gave it to you because she didn't want it in her room, and she's a hoarder. I was like, do you want to be a hoarder like Maddie? And she was like, no. And I'm like, then we need to get rid of the broken thing. I don't even know what it was. I don't even remember, but it's always something. I don't know, but I'm excited for my music box to stay intact for forever since it's Phoenix's favorite thing, my music box from when, she, when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. She loves that thing. Okay. So dark. She, he was like, who is that man that your mother is with? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, and that happened in, like, the first, like, two days because we were by yeah, the I pool for, like, two that. days. I was like, that probably happened, like, the first couple yeah. days. He probably fell asleep in the sun, like, the first day they were there and mm -hmm. got roasted. Well, and we spent, like, the first two days doing nothing but drinking by the pool. Like, literally nothing but drinking by the pool. 
And then I was like, okay, my liver's going to die. We need to go and do something. But we did go. We visited Chichen Itza. We went to some cenotes. We had an amazing time. So if you need any tips on traveling to Mexico, I have some good ones for you. But yeah, Hannah's like literally like somebody at her bus stop like listens to our podcast. <laughs> so the guy at the car wash listens to oh, our yeah. podcast. So my sister, my sister went through, and if you've listened to any of our hiking with Hannah's, you've heard this, but Hannah, she was going through a car wash in our town, and the person at the car wash, it's like this young guy, was like, oh my gosh, are you Maddie's mom from Lost in the Woods? Because she has a Lost in the Woods magnet on the back, on of, the her back of her car. And she was like, no, but I'm her aunt. Mm-hmm. And then d- Hannah had to like stalk this kid for like at, like 20 minutes trying to get a good picture of him so that she could send it to Maddie Because I didn't and know I. who it was. Turns out it was a guy I went to high school with. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it happens, but... Yeah, just proceed with caution at the end. It is really just a rant about people at the gym. It's fine. If you don't leave it in, if I have to listen to this episode (laughs) to make sure that you leave that part in, I'm going to be mad. Uh, I will say, too, just as like a precursor to anything that you listen. I'm going to tag the episode in your gym, like, page i'm gonna put it in there so that i'm not in a gym facebook no i bet you the 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 gym has a facebook page i'm sure they do so i'm saying that i'm gonna put the episode description in in the facebook (laughs) stuff for everybody to listen to that goes to the gym it's like one time there was like this thing in uh uh missed connection missed connection yeah on craigslist people don't know like people my age don't know that those exist yeah so i didn't actually know that it existed either until somebody like messaged me I think sheds and misconnections on Craigslist. And I was like, first off, why are you looking at misconnections? And because second they're off, funny yeah. as absolute hell. So it was about like a guy at our gym who matched. So if his you don't know what missed connections yeah. is, it's like you post this thing. It's on what is it? What is it? Craigslist. Yeah, it's on Craigslist. You post like when you feel like you missed a connection with someone. When you feel like you could like have had you a made connection. eye contact. Eye. Like you made eye contact with somebody at the gas station, and like you, f- and you something felt like random. you missed it, like you missed that connection, like you should have said something and you didn't. You posted on missed connections and hoping of getting that person to also see it. And I'd be shocked if that ever actually happens. Yeah, but, but okay, so now we are officially twenty-seven minutes in, and we still haven't started <laughs> recording. So fuck. <laughs> okay, I we need to be Pull done by together. four. We need to be done before four. Pull it together, Madison. Okay, you're ready. Pull it together. It's not just <laughs> me here. Together. I know it's not just me. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get down to the 